All right, this morning, if you got your Bibles, turn to Matthew 13. And we're going to be verse 33. Matthew 13, 33. So, Holy Spirit, we ask you now to speak to us. Open our ears so we hear your words. We want to hear your words this morning. So we just submit our ears to you. Amen. All right, Matthew thirteen thirty three. Make a tree good, and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad, and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. This is where it starts getting interesting. This is Jesus talking. You brood of vipers. How can you who are evil say something good? How would you like Jesus to say that to you? Wow. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment. For, for every empty word they have spoken. For, my word, for by your words you will be acquitted. And by your words you will be condemned. Jesus isn't playing around here, is he? He's pretty straightforward here. Right? He's saying, he's basically summing all this up in one line is, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. How many of you wish that wasn't true? I'm raising my hand. Jesus is being brutally honest here. He's getting straight to the point. He's saying your mouth, what you say, indicates what's in your heart. So if you ever wonder what's in your heart, listen to what you're saying. Which on some days, that's not a good thing for me. Because sometimes I say things that I shouldn't. How many have those Small, short moment. I know it's brief for you. Sometimes it's days for me. But for you, it's just a moment. But we've all had those times where we've said something. And a little bit later, you're like, why did I say that? Why, why, why would I even think that? Unfortunately, a lot of times we just stop there. And then start making excuses. Well, you know, because what they said to me. Or what they did to me. Because that guy cut me off. Or he hurt me in a way. So it's their fault why I said it. Right? How many of you have children? That's every conversation with a child. If they, especially if they have siblings. Why did you do this? Well, they made me. They did this to me. So that's why I did it to him. But Jesus is saying, no, no, no. The mouth speaks out of what the heart is full of. Which tells us our words have power. 
Our words, what we say, actually declare something. And we don't get to choose when we're declaring, when it actually declares something or not. There is no, oh, I just said that, but it doesn't actually mean anything. How many of you kind of said that? Oh, I'm just joking. Because you said something, you realized, oh, I shouldn't have said that. So now it's like, oh, no, no, I was just joking. And we try to take the power away from those words. But it's kind of too late. Because our words have power. What we declare is the great revealer of our heart. So here's some more great encouraging. Proverbs 18.20 From the fruit of their mouth a person's stomach is filled. With the harvest of their lips they are satisfied. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat its fruit. Proverbs 15.4 The soothing tongue is a tree of life. But a perverse tongue crushes the spirit. Proverbs 13.3 Those who guard their lips preserve their lives. But those who speak rashly will come to ruin. Proverbs 21.23 Those who guard their mouths and their tongues keep themselves from calamity. I would highly encourage you that you are in Proverbs every day. Because it is... Life changing. It's really hard to read because it challenges you. Because right here it says, whatever comes out of your mouth does something. And here at the mission, we're called to be world changers, right? Well, how do you think those worlds are changed? Through our mouth. Because our mouth reveals what our heart is. See, whenever we open our mouths and say something, it's either declaring life or it's declaring death. There is no in-between. Every word you say either is going to give life or it's going to give death. It's one or the other. There is no in-between. There's a kingdom of God. There's a kingdom of darkness. There's not an in-between kingdom. Our words are either going to give life or they're going to give death. Hey, this is what Jesus said. Because we use phrases like, oh, that wasn't too bad. I could have said a whole lot worse. Right? It's still speaking death. Well, they deserved it because of what they did to bring, what they did to me. They deserved this. They deserved what I said to them. But there's a great power in our declarations. See, God started the whole thing with a declaration. He said, let there be light. It doesn't say he waved his hand he thought it, and it was created. It said he spoke, spoke it. He said, he, he said, let there be light. He declared life, and it created life. See, the world we live in, the earth, 
was, be, was created out of a word. It was because God spoke a word. He spoke life. And our world was created from a spoken word. So when we speak, we create worlds. Because we are made in the image of God. And it says that life and death are in the tongue. So when we speak, when we talk, what we say creates a world. So what world are you living in? What kind of world are you living in? How many aren't happy in the world you're living in? It might be because of what you're saying. Because what you say is creating a world that you're living in. See, when I get frustrated with my kids or my wife, and I start vocalizing those frustrations, and then I'm halfway through the day and I'm like, why is my house all in an uproar? Why can't this house be peaceful and nice and just be a place to be relaxing in? It's because I've been stupid and saying stuff that's creating a world that's not peaceful. Right? How many, come on, how many have we done this? Like we come in as a grouch and then we're like, what's wrong with all of you? Why don't you love me? I'm the father. I provide for you. I've worked hard all day. Why aren't you worshiping me right now? As the whole house is scurried and hid from you. Because they're like, I don't want to be in that kind of world. You're a grouch. But our, world, but our words create worlds. So if your world is falling apart, you might want to find out what you've been saying. Ask the Holy Spirit, what world have I been creating with my words? That's why it's so important to be in his presence. When I am having one of those very rare days, really the only thing that gets me out of that, actually there's probably two things. One, my wife going, knock it off. You're being... I'll keep it church language. Very unkind. <laughs> You're being a grouch. That. So she's, she's my Holy Spirit at the moment. Or I realize what's going on and I get in his presence. Because really that's probably the only thing that's going to change my heart. Because honestly it's coming out of my heart. There's something going on in me. That's causing me to speak the way I am. And his presence is really the place I find that can help change my heart, which then changes my mouth, which changes my world. So if you, Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1, we see this play out with Isaiah. It says, in the year... That King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord, high and exalted, seated on a throne, 
and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him were seraphim, each with six wings. With two wings they covered their faces. With two they covered their feet. And with two they were flying. And they were calling to one another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty. The whole earth is full of his glory. Verse 4, At the sound of their voices, the doorposts and the threshold shook, and the temple was filled with smoke. So Isaiah is describing the throne room of God. And that he has entered into his presence. He's entered in to God's presence. Jesus' presence. He's there and all this is going on. And this is his response once he's in that presence. In his presence. Verse 5. He says, Woe to me, I cried. I am ruined. For I am a man of unclean lips. And I live among a people of unclean lips. And my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. See, he got into his presence and realized, oh, I have not been talking like I should. The very thing, he first thing he realizes that his mouth was unclean. So I propose today. When was the last time you got into God's presence and said, woe is me. I'm a man of unclean lips. It's not that we go into his presence and start feeling shame. That's not what I'm talking about. Because shame is not from God. But there is something about getting in his presence and going, oh man. There's something in me that needs to change. And I'm in the presence of the one that can change it. See, we don't enter into God's presence just to be blessed. That is, part, that is a byproduct of it. And I, I am blessed when I'm in his presence. But the times that I've been impacted the most is when I'm like, oh God, please deal with this in me. Because I'm in your presence And this part of my heart isn't in your presence. This is not healthy. This is not life. Please deal with it. And Isaiah, that's the first thing he does. Is, oh, I'm a man of unclean lips. Why? Because it reveals the heart. So Isaiah says, oh... I'm unclean, please. And I live with people that are unclean. He goes, but my eyes have seen the king. See, when you see the king, you don't want anything in you that's not of the king. And so he he recognizes this. And when we're in his presence, there should be a purifying that happens with us. Verse 6 says, Then one of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin is atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, 
It wasn't until Isaiah, his lips were purified, that he could hear God's voice. When his lips became purified, then he heard God's voice. See, what a lot of times happen is we say things thinking they don't have consequences. But one of the things they do, and we're not speaking life, but speaking death, it closes our ears. It closes our ears to the kingdom of God. Because you're either speaking kingdom of God, or you're speaking kingdom of darkness. So which one are you partnering with? Because when we partner with the spirit of God, then we can hear him. And we hear the, king, the voices of the kingdom. But when we're speaking death, we're partnering with the other kingdom. The kingdom of darkness. And we just start hearing the kingdom of darkness. But we think it's God. Because we've trained ourselves to hear that kingdom. Because the kingdom that you're partnering with, that's the kingdom you're going to hear. And Isaiah couldn't hear God, his voice, until his lips were purified. And then his ears are opened. It says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, here am I, send me. He said, go and tell his people. Not only was his ears open to hear God, but then he, started, then he heard his assignment. See, a lot of times when you're not hearing God, it might have been because of what you've been saying. What you've been declaring has shut your ear off to what he wants to tell you. And sometimes when we're like, oh, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. So especially, you know, when you're a teenager about to graduate, you're like, I have no idea what I'm going to do in my life. Right? How many have had that moment in life? We all had some point. Like, I don't know what to do. God, what do I do? But we do that as adults too. Like, God, what do I do with this? What do I do here? What here? Sometimes we're not getting the answer because we have spoken death. We have declared something that shuts our ears off. It's not that he's not saying, talking. It's not that God goes silent on you. It's just your ears been shut off. Because of what we've been saying or declaring. See, Isaiah got his assignment once he allowed God to change how he spoke. And change what came out of his mouth. See, God has to be able to trust us with what we say. See, when we came to Jesus, we came into his kingdom, which means we need to speak his language. And we gave up our rights to speak our own language. You know, I've got four kids, and they're all amazing, but they've all tried the same thing. They've all tried to go, well, that's just how I talk, Dad. 
like, yeah, you have that choice. And if you choose to talk that way, then you get these consequences. Or you can talk this way, which I highly recommend, and you get good consequences. But either way, you're going to get a consequence to how you talk. And yes, do you have your own voice? Absolutely. But your voice will get you in trouble. But God's voice will bring life. See, it's his kingdom. It's not ours. And I think we can forget that sometimes. That we love Jesus. We love what he's doing. We want to follow him. But we want to say what we want to say. Act how we want to act. So when someone mistreats you. Oh, it's okay to just rip on out. Just let it rip on them. Because they deserve it. You can. You can. It is your choice. Yes. But then you get to suffer the consequence of that choice. So everything we say has a consequence. So we can either be people of life or we can be people of death. And what you say to other people, what you say to yourself, what you say to your kids, what you say to your spouse, to your coworkers. Some of you treat your coworkers better than you treat your family. And honestly, I'm talking to myself a little bit too. Because it's so easy when you get home to be like, oh, I've had to be nice all day. I've had to be patient all day. Not with my staff. My staff is lovely. It's roses and chocolates. Paris is just always speaking. Just gives life. But it is. Sometimes you get home and you're like, I don't want to be nice anymore. But your family's worth it. The people around you, it's worth speaking life. And it's worth just shutting up and not saying what you want to say. It's called self-control. And unfortunately, sometimes when we become adults, we think we don't have to learn that anymore. Like, I'm an adult. I'm the dad. I can say whatever I want. Or I'm the parent. I can say whatever I want. But your kid says something like that, and you're like, hey, you, you can't say that. That's not good to say. And they're like, the best question. Here's the one question I don't think I've ever asked my kids. And I think it was wisdom. I've never asked my kids, where did you get that from? Where did you learn to say that from? Telling your parents, don't ask it, because you're not going to want to know the answer. Because most of the time, they just kind of look at you like, what do you mean? Where did I learn this from? I'm staring at it. Like, I thought you were smart, Dad. Come on. But Jesus is really clear. 
He said, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And unfortunately, we let hurts and pains, disillusionment, unmet expectations, life that just is painful. See, Jesus never said life was going to be peaceful and kind. He said it's going to get rough sometimes. But if we let that in our heart, if we let that stay in our heart, that unforgiveness and that bitterness stay in our heart, then our mouth is going to start speaking it. It's going to start just coming out of you. And it's probably going to come out of you in the times you don't want it to. Because we have stuff in our heart that's not dealt with. That we haven't let God come and deal with. See, Isaiah let God come and purify him. It wasn't that Isaiah had to do some special thing. He didn't have to act a certain way. He didn't have to perform some ritual. All he said was, yeah, I need to be purified. And then God did the rest. But we have to come to a realization, oh, there's something in me that needs to be healed. There's something in me that needs to be purified. And God, you do that. You come do that. You come sear my heart so I no longer have pain that I've let become bitterness and become anger. So if I can have the band come on up. Because it becomes a cycle if we don't deal with it. Somebody hurts us. We hold on to that unforgiveness. And it turns into bitterness. And then it starts coming out of our mouths. And we start speaking death. And hurt somebody else. And then they have to deal with unforgiveness and bitterness. And it's just a cycle. That keeps going on. And on. And on. And on. And we let it cycle through ourselves. You let that pain come and you let it stay there. And then you start lashing out, but then you, you rationalize it. Well, they hurt me. Which just causes more bitterness in you. And Jesus came to end that cycle. He came to deal with your pain. And your disappointments. Because if we let them stay in our hearts. We'll start speaking them out. And we'll start hurting the people around us. And speaking death. Over the very people you want life for. So why don't you stand with me. See Jesus said. I have come that they may have life. And have it to the full. We should be a people that produces life. That speaks life into people. And when someone hurts you. Speak life. Come in the opposite spirit that they came at you. 
That's how we become world changers. Is that we don't partner with the spirit that came at us. But we partner with his spirit. And speak life. See, he's calling us to be life speakers. And it starts with your tongue. It starts with what you speak. If you took a scale and put all the words on it, all the complaining words that you've, you've used this last week, and how many words you've used to speak about the goodness of God, which one wins out? So Holy Spirit, we're here because we love you. Because we said we will follow Jesus. And Jesus said, I've come that they may have life. And you've taught us that what comes out of our mouth either produces life or death. And that it comes out of our heart. So Holy Spirit, deal with our heart. Deal with those disappointments. We give you those disappointments. We give you our pain. We give you our unforgiveness. This morning, if, you, if you've got some heart issues, you have some pain that you're struggling to deal with. You've been hurt, you've been betrayed, and you're trying to work it out, but it's just not going anywhere. If that's you this morning, if you just come up front, we want to pray with you. Because God's here to, to heal your heart. He's here to set you free from that. That life has just gotten you beat up a little bit. And this morning you want to go, God, please purify my heart. I don't want it to turn in to bitterness or unforgiveness. And I don't want it to start to turn into where I start speaking death because of it. Uh, just invite the Holy Spirit to come. Say, Holy Spirit, I'm unclean in this area. Come purify me. Well, the name 
Come on, his presence is here. He's in the room. One of the seraphim flew to me with a live coal, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it, he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, So Jesus, make it so. You are the only one that can heal me.
You are the only one that can restore me. So we concentrate our mouths, our tongues, and our heart to you. That we tie them to you. That we will speak your words, not our own. That you will be the living water that flows out of us. That we will be people people that speak life. Even when we don't feel like it. Even when that person deserves it. But we will come in the opposite spirit, your spirit, and speak life. So Holy Spirit, we give our hearts and our mouths to you. Jesus, you said the Holy Spirit will be our guide. And it's not a guide of, hey, this is where I'm going, so you come with me to show me how to get there. But it's a guide of where are you going and I will follow you. Because you are my guide. So Holy Spirit, we give you control of our mouth. We give you control of our heart. Because you will lead us to life. And life to the fullest. Because no other name can save me. No other name can restore. No other name can heal my heart. No other name but yours. No other name can save me. No other name can restore. No other name can heal my heart. No other name but yours. No other name can save me. No other name can restore. No other name.
is the answer. He is the answer. If I can have the ministry team just start ministering to those that are up here. Why don't you put your hand on your heart? And in your own words, I want you to speak life to your own heart. Start speaking life to it. Some of us, for a long time, keep speaking death to our own hearts. It's time for you to start speaking life to your own heart. Holy Spirit, do only what you can do. Soften it. Heal it. Bring it into wholeness. A heart that is soft can produce much fruit. So Holy Spirit, soften our hearts. Purify our hearts. And we speak life to our hearts this morning. That we no longer will let in death into our hearts. That our hearts will no longer be a safe place for death but only life. So Jesus, I pray a blessing over everyone in here. No matter where they are in their journey with you, that they would choose life. That you bless them this week with the life that you said you came to give. that they would be full and overflowing with life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need ministry this morning, there's people that have prepared themselves to pray with you. If you're sick and need healing, the healer's in the room. He's in the room. So come, let us agree with you and with the healer. Love you. Have an amazing week. See you here next week. He's got your whole heart in his hands. 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 He's got your whole heart in his hands.
走。